Ahoy there, buddies. It's another episode of BuddyCast. And on this episode, boy, am I excited. Because it's a pirate's life for me. We have the one and only Kevin McNally, a.k.a. Mr. Gibbs, the first mate of the Black Pearl, on from Pirates of the Caribbean. How you doing? Hey Good. How are you? Doing excellent. Glad to have you on the show. That's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Absolutely. My first question to you is this. How did you get into acting? Um, well, I, I've, at the risk of boring people, I've actually told this story many times before, but when I was a kid, I was a really, I wasn't a very good student early on. And I remember being in a maths class one day and, um, but, but don't worry, this will get there eventually. Yes, and, uh, I, I wasn't paying any attention. You know, I was looking out of the window and whistling, um, and then my teacher, I, she wrote a sentence on the blackboard, as we used to have in those days. And I thought, that's weird. And she wrote a very strange sentence, which I can still remember, which was, my sunbeams are dancing in the meadows below, where daisies and tulips, uh, tulips and buttercups grow. And then she did a weird thing. She, she wiped it out. And she turned around and said, uh, now listen, class, uh, who can tell me what I just wrote on the blackboard? And I was the only one who hadn't been paying attention to my work. So I said, it's, he wrote, my sunbeams are dancing in the meadow below where tulips and daisies and buttercups grow. And she said, very good. You've got the lead in the school play. So I, from that point, realized that acting was a reward for a lack of application and concentration. Um, and then down the line, when I did the play, um, my mother came to see it and she was very pleased with my job as the son in the Harvest Festival play. And she bought me a bar of chocolate and a Beano. And I thought, so not only is this fun, but people give you stuff afterwards because they're so happy. So um, that was my first start. But then obviously, um, you know, I did plays in school and I joined a drama group. And from that drama group, I got cast in my local theater. And then from my local theater, I was working with professional actors and they helped me audition to get to drama school and then it all went from leaving drama school, really. Beautiful. Now, what, how did you land your iconic role on Pirates of the Caribbean? <laughs> well, it was very funny, actually. I, I, I had about two weeks before I auditioned, I'd been on a bus going to audition, or maybe it was more than two weeks. Maybe it was like two months or two years. I don't know. Um, it's all a long way back. But I'd been on a bus uh, going to audition for the first Spider-Man movie for the Green Goblin. And about halfway there, I went, I'm going home. Um, I've, I've done this for 25 years, gone up for these American big Hollywood films, and they always cast a star, and I never get the role, so why bother? So actually, on the day of my audition it was my, for Pirates, it was my birthday, and I was in the garden having a few drinks with a few friends. And one of them said to me, aren't you supposed to be doing an audition for a big Hollywood film today? And I said, yeah, but I'm not going to those anymore. I never get them. It's a complete waste of time. And it just, it just is a, it hurts your soul every time you reject it. She said, no, come on, you've got to go. And I said, but I can, I've been, I've been drinking. I might be a little tipsy. She said, you're going for the role of a pirate. It really doesn't matter how tipsy you are. So she took me along. It, Gore Verbinski was the director, but remotely asked me to read the Sea Turtles, um, the Sea Turtles story. Mm -hmm. And improvise it a little bit and um god damn it the next day i got offered the job um and that the rest as they say is history that was beautiful so what was it like working with fellow actors such as johnny depp orlando bloom even my personal friend marty clubber 
Uh, fantastic. What a great bunch of people they are. And um, interestingly enough, um, it was great to get to know Marty. I didn't know him before I started the films, but he's a lifelong friend. And uh, we do the convention circuit now together. So we see each other regularly, although, you know, there's a hiatus in that because they're not possible at the moment. <laughs> but actually, when I got offered the film, um, there wasn't a lot of money in the first film. And it was, you know, a, a film based on a ride. You know, is somebody having a nervous breakdown here? I thought this will be straight to video. This doesn't sound like a like a goer. But the fact that Johnny Depp and Jeffrey Rush were in it, I thought, well, they know a great deal more about movies than I do. Maybe there is something in this thing. So I eventually agreed to do it. And uh, who could have understood that 18 years later I'd be talking uh, to you about the franchise and, and kids still watch those films, you know? Mm -hmm. I still watch them. <laughs> yeah. So do my kids. Oh, I love it. Absolutely. How did you create the character, Mr. Gibbs? Was it given to you or did you put your own spin to it? Well, uh, there's two answers to that. One is that um, I have a very favorite old uh, English comedian um, who's, uh, for those of your older audience, is from around the time of Sid Caesar. He would have been our Sid Caesar. And he used to do an act where he, and his name was Tony Hancock, and he did an act where he impersonated Robert Newton in Treasure Island, in the in the 50s film of Treasure Island. So he, he'd come on and he'd be like, there's a terrible case of Yellow Jack, and all of us pirates are going to suffer from it. So I thought, I don't know, I, I, I guess nobody else is gonna be doing that performance, it's available. And I say the first line in the film, so, you know, I get first dibs on being the classic pirate. So I did an impression of my favorite comedian doing an impression of Robert Newton playing along John Silver. So that's how I came about it. But <laughs> the interesting thing was that actually my first appearance in the film was only uh, going to be being woken up with the pigs. But when you do a read through of a film, you don't have all the actors there. And so they, the, the director will ask the actors who were there to read some other parts and I, uh, one of the other parts I read was a sailor at the beginning of the film. And I read it and I, you know, read it just the same as, you know, I was going to do Mr. Gibbs. And they went, oh, no, wait a minute. Why don't you play that part? Um, it'll explain why it'll help with the uniform. You can get a uniform that's been pulled apart because you've been thrown out of the Navy. But also we created a little backstory that was this sailor was so afraid of pirates and so superstitious that the only way he could calm himself down was by becoming a pirate himself. So we thought that would be a nice backstory for him. And again, just a happy accident really. And, and I liked it because it meant that rather than having to wait for my performance for something like 17 minutes, um, I was the second person to appear on screen. So I was happy about that as well. Ooh. Now, out of the five movies, in your most unbiased opinion, which one was your favorite? Well, it's very hard to beat the surprise of the first one and mm -hmm. how, you know, it was the first pirate film that had been successful in probably, well, I don't know, 30, 35 years. For me, my favorite is number two because it's got the most Mr. Gibbs in it. <laughs> uh, it's certainly my largest role. So I was very involved in that and I, I loved it. 
but I, you know, I have a soft spot for all of them, really. All of them, if I, if I ever catch a bit, you know, if I'm on a plane or I'm in a hotel room and it comes on, um, there'll be a scene and instantly the day will come back to me that we shot it or, you know, a story or some lovely person that I met. So um, I'm, I'm, pretty, uh, I'm, I'm pretty unbiased about all the films. Mm-hmm. I do recognize that some of them are better than others, but uh, I leave that for other people to decide. Mm-hmm. Now, speaking of favorites, how about, do you have any favorite lines from the movie that you still remember? Of my own? Mm-hmm. I have one, my absolute favorite line ever. And I remember when it came up, I went and thanked the writer for writing it for me. It's um, in about the middle of the third film when we go to Davy Jones' locker to um, try to find Jack and he comes over the hill in the ship through the sand. And I look up and see him and say to Kira Knightley, slap me thrice and hand me to me mother, it's Jack. Uh, or hand me to me mama, it's Jack. And I just thought, well, that's just Mr. Gibbs yep. all over. I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, there are opposite, um, another great one was in the same film a little later on. Me, I'm following Jack running back and forth. There's an interchange between me and Pintel going, We're rocking the ship. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it had a very nice contemporary meaning as well. We're rocking the boat, you know. <laughs> Don't rock the boat. Yeah, exactly. Oh, now I asked you this before um, when we were chatting. How much in public or you know um do you get referred to as mr gibbs rather than kevin well um as i answered you before um for most of the time when i don't have my sideburns on and longer hair Mm um i'm i'm pretty anonymous which is great i like it like that some people will ask me you know um but of course I do these cameos, you know, anybody can go in and get a shout out from me from a friend's birthday or for Father's Day or Mother's Day or whatever it is, it's really cute. Um, but they will usually ask Mr. Gibbs for it. So, I, and I don't mind that at all, it's great. Um, I think anybody who complains about once in their career getting an iconic film role that means that probably 75% of the people on the planet have seen your work, then that's just a silly gripe and a first world problem. Um, most actors would love it and, and, I, and I love it and I love the opportunities it's given to me. So you can call me anything you like as long as you don't call me late for dinner, okay? I love it, I love it. What about, um, do you ever play along when someone does something like that? Do you ever, like if they say, hey, it's Mr. Gibbs. Do you ever say jump into character? Yes, in fact, um, I remember shortly after the first film came out, um, I, I was on a, my parents who had sadly passed now, lived mm. in a seaside town in England. And uh, I went down there very, it was a very warm summer day. And um, I went on a little boat trip around the harbor. It seemed like a nice thing to do with my very small children then. And a man came up and said, um, he said, excuse me, are you, Mr. Gibbs from Pirates of the Caribbean. I said, yes, I am. He said, well, I don't want to take any of your time, but I just want to tell you that, that little girl at the front of the boat is my daughter. And there was a little girl looking over the front of the boat. So I said, I know what she needs. So I went up behind her and I tapped her on the shoulder and said, quiet, Missy. Cursed pirates sail these waters. You don't want to bring them down on us now, do you? 
Well, she turned round and she had the shock of her life because suddenly she was in the Paris of the Caribbean. And she, she actually cried, actually. She was so happy. So mm. that was a really that was a really sweet example of that happening. That's a very sweet story. I wonder where she is now. She's a woman in her twenties, probably, and would be deeply embarrassed if she knew I was telling you this story. <laughs> Yeah, that is she's sharing this right now saying, yep, I talked to Mr. Gibbs. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yep. Now, speaking of stories, do you have any stories like worth telling from the movies? Like anything that happened behind the scenes or? Well, like many, of course. Um, the one I'm most often asked to uh, uh, tell is, of course, the story of the pigs. I mean, that was, <laughs> wow, that was terrible. We turned up at midnight at Universal Studios. And we, we tried some little pigs, like the man with the pigs in the ride, but they were far too excitable and out of control. And then we had some middle pigs. Um, they didn't respond very well. And then we had some very big pigs that I could lie on, and then they wouldn't hurt them. Sadly, the pigs were as excited to be in a major Hollywood picture as I was, so they would not go to sleep. So eventually Gore said to me, he said, I, I don't know what to do. He said, we've got to get this tonight. He said, would you do me a favor? Would you stay with the pigs and get them acclimatized to you mm -hmm. while I go off and shoot something else? So I said, sure, that'll be fine. So I lay down for three hours in a mixture of mud and pig poo with these oh. pigs. And uh, I resorted to um, what I used to do with my children when they wouldn't sleep, which is to sing them a little song, which goes like this. And it went, go to sleep, my piggies, close your pretty eyes. Angels up above you, smiling down at piggies from the skies. Great big moon is shining, stars begin to peep. It's time for little baby piggies to go to sleep. Well, after about 40 minutes of this, they dozed off. Of course, I realized as the crew crept in to do it, what was the first thing that happened in the scene? They threw a bucket of cold water over me and the pigs and they woke up again, wondering what the hell was going on. So we didn't finish there till about six in the morning, trying to shoot that very tiny sequence with the piggies. Mm-hmm. Sheesh, Louise. You were probably thinking to yourself, I just got him to sleep. You I know. know. And you have to throw water over them. Yep. It's like when you it's like when you're a parent and like uh you know you just get the kid to sleep all suddenly the other parent comes home and like slams the door or something like yeah, that. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I have another question. Let's say you were to train a pirate now. What would they need to know to be a pirate? Um what a pirate needs to know <laughs> is you have to take what you can and give nothing back. You also have to keep to the code. Um, you also have to be completely, I think why kids love pirates is they're like children. Um, and they are so selfish. They don't care about anybody else and anything they see goes to them. And I think that's why kids love pirates. So I, I would say, just let, you know, the child that you've been suppressing for years to try to be a responsible adult, take the lid off of that and let it all go. And I think that's what we love about pirates. They don't obey the same rules as we do. Mm -hmm. I mean, all 
we'd all like to not have to obey the same rules as everybody else, wouldn't we? Most definitely. I know I would. Yeah. Now, you said a pirate takes what he can and gives nothing back. Mm -hmm. I always ask my buddies, though, on the shows is if you could be a giver for once, if you could be someone who gives to a charity or has our have our audience give to a charity, what would be that charity of your choice? I have two uh, things that I do. And um, uh, I, I so there's four, really, because I have one in L.A. and one in London for both. <laughs> Uh, the two charities I do for children, I, I encourage people to support for children, in the UK is Great Ormond Street Hospital and in, in, in LA is um, St. Jude's. But at the other end of life spectrum, uh, my mother tragically died from Alzheimer's um, 10 years ago. So there's Alzheimer's UK and there is the affiliate Alzheimer's US. So those are the... Those are the you know, I think when we're living our life in the middle of our life, it's rather up to us to to take care of ourselves. But at each end of life, in childhood and in and in the second childhood of particularly of senility and dementia, um, I think we should help those people all they can because the children are going to become the future, and the and the the older people have have given us the present. So we mm -hmm. should take care of them. I think. Mm -hmm. Now, this is time for the, what I call the ultimate buddy question. So for anyone who wants to go into acting, maybe anyone who wants to become a pirate, like you said before, what is your ultimate advice to them? As, well, I teach uh, a fair amount as well, that young people, older people, and people who want to you know, do better in, in their careers. And the advice I always give them is twofold, and I think it applies probably to every area of life, but particularly it applies to actors, which is you have to learn two skills. One is preparation. You can never prepare enough. Um, you know, people think that people like Robert De Niro and Al Pacino make it up as they go along. You, you, just, get a, you just get a script of the film Heat that they appeared in for the first time together and watch the scene and read the script. They have learned that script and they've made it. They know it so well that it sounds like they're making it up, but they are not making it up. That's not the way film works. Having, having managed to, to master preparation, you then must learn flexibility. You must then learn to go on the set and, and you do what you've prepared so well and the director goes, no, nah, I don't like that very much. And you have to go, right, that's out the window. I'll have to come up with something new. But the preparation that you've done is like the foundations of a building. You'll be able to change the design of the building quite easily. But if you master those two things, you stand uh, a reasonable chance in a, in a, you know, in a very, very difficult profession. Mm. Excellent advice. Now, now it's time for my final question. For all okay. of our fans out there, for all of our buddies who happen to be pirate fans, why don't we give them the code one last time? Take what you can, give nothing back, <laughs> and keep the code. Most definitely. Alrighty. <laughs> to all my buddies out there, this is Kevin McNally, a.k.a. Mr. Gibbs. I forgot to mention my favorite scene of Pirates of the Caribbean. It's in the third movie when you're asleep on the dock. Oh, yes, yes. And you're asleep on the, the, the two beautiful ladies. And goes, Mr. Gibbs, where's the ship? 
Yeah, I love that scene. Yep. And you know, um, Johnny um, is a very playful human being. Um, and I made the mistake of saying to him, because I was lying on my, my, my teddy bear, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I said to him, I said, just, just be careful you don't get that water in my ears, you know, because I've got really sensitive ears to water. In fact, I, there was a period of the, the film that I couldn't fly because my ears flared up. Mm. And he went, oh, okay. Um, he got every drop of that water in my left ear. Oh. Not went anywhere else but in my left ear. <laughs> so let me show him a weakness or he'll take advantage of it. That's oh. a great scene. I love that scene. Most definitely. I like your reaction. The ship. We're on the ship. Yeah. Captain, yes. the ship's gone. Here. Where's the ship gone? <laughs> yep. And then it turns into that great moment where uh, the two girls slap him and then he slaps yep. me. And you just turn and go, mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I reckon I deserve that. All right. Thank you so much for joining us here. It was a blast. It was a You're pleasure. Welcome. It's very nice to meet you. You too. Stick my love to Marty if you uh, speak to him before I do. Well, absolutely do. And same, you know? I will do. All right. Stick around for a minute afterwards. We'll chat. But, okay. Yeah. Sure. For all my buddies out there, this has been another segment of BuddyCast. Remember, keep to the code, and we'll see you next week on BuddyCast.